I'm Sarah Grace McCandless, and this is On Brand. You know, one of the focuses of this show is about connection. And I can't think of a way that we connect more than through the power of story. It's something that's been there from the dawn of time, right? And how we tell story, though, is what has changed, whether it's from a visual sense or an auditory sense or a little bit of both. There are brands who tell story to consumers. There are consumers who tell stories to brands. And then there are organizations where their brand or their product is telling stories, whether that's to inform and educate, to inspire, maybe even to escape a little bit. Today, we're going to take a closer look at story and how that plays a role today in terms of driving connection. And my guest is a true expert in this field. She's a seasoned journalist in entertainment media and television and currently oversees the Hollywood Radio Television Society as CEO. Melissa Grego, welcome to On Brand. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Honestly, um, I, your career is just so impressive. I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about your background, your career, and then the um, role you play as CEO of HRTS. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, it's funny because you know my, my background, as you said, is um, in journalism. So I spent about 20 years covering the business of television and media and entertainment. Um, and along the way, about five years ago, um, I just got to a point where I felt um, I was interested in trying to do something with what and who I knew and how I understood the business that I was covering um, that could um, provide a positive impact. And I was really interested in um, areas of inclusion, diversity, and equality. And I had uh, I had founded a series of conferences for women working in uh, TV and entertainment and um, to basically share information and um, experience to, to help one another thrive in their business and, and connect with each other. And um, so I had launched a business uh, looking to develop a membership network among people working in the business. And um, and I was you know freelancing and consulting as a journalist, writer, editor um, along the way. And then one of those just, you know, amazing miracles that, you, you know, don't really happen, happened in my career. And uh, the, the position leading the HRTS, Hollywood Radio and Television Society, um, came open. And it turned out that this amazing organization that was founded in 1947 um, was doing a lot of the things that I was trying to do. And uh, so, you know, I had this opportunity to come and join this amazing organization, um, which is led by the leaders in the TV industry, um, board of directors, they're a volunteer, voluntary board of directors who I report to. Um, and then we have membership communities at every career level, um, starting with the academic, the student membership, and then a junior membership, which was established about 20 years ago, mm -hmm. um, which was primarily those who were assisting the, the big leaders um, leading our industry and our organization. And then more recently in 2016, we established the associates, which is the mid-career folks. And so in both LA and New York, our associates and junior members have voluntary boards as well. And, and what these 
these boards and communities do um, with the support of my office is um, you know, provide the forum for networking, information, education, career development. Um, really, uh, you know, it was founded in LA, um, has been growing for years in New York, and, and especially now in the last year or so when we've been doing so much virtually, mm-hmm. um, it's really, you know, global. We have more and more uh, participation throughout the U.S., um, Canada, the U.K., um, really all over the world at this point. So we do things like um, events, you know, from from mixers, to which we can actually do virtually. You know, it's, it's different um, than, than what we normally do in person, but um, to, to roundtables and Q&As, um, we produce different resources with information um, to help people identify opportunities and candidates for those opportunities. Um, and our membership, you know, has, has evolved and grown. Um, it originally was, well, originally, originally, 1947, mm. um, kind of the Mad Men days, it was started by a group of um, media executives primarily working in radio when the first commercial TV station in Los Angeles went on the air, which was KTLA. And they got together to kind of uh, help each other navigate this new disruptive force. And, you know, this has been um, the tradition and sort of the heritage of the organization through all of these, you know, I know it's an overused word, but disruptions Mm. to this business, you know, in those 70 plus years. So... Um, when I joined three plus years ago, um, you know, there were there were a lot of uh, disruptive forces, you know, more every day. And mm-hmm. my charge has been to um, make sure we're on top of those and, and we're evolving as an organization and and helping our our boards guide the programming to make sure that we have um, you know programming that's that's relevant to the moment. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're right. Disruptive, uh, disruptor is a word that's used a lot. I do think it's it's very appropriate in this industry. Um, it was so interesting to hear you talk about the background and the history of HRTS too, and what was disruptive at the onset of this yeah. organization. This is also a member member driven organization. I've had previous guests on the show who also serve organizations and brands that are very membership driven, like AARP. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really interesting because your organization is about facilitating connection between its members, right? Right. And you explained too that this really serves now. It's not just people who are at a certain level in their career. You really um, have opportunities and options for people who are at all different stages. And is it also people who kind of represent different aspects of the entertainment television media industry as well? Hundred percent. You explained it so well. Oh, great! I'm, I'm your new brand advocate. There you go. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, exactly. We're a little bit different than a market, uh, a membership organization like AARP because we're a business association. So we're a nonprofit, five hundred one c six, which um, indicates that we serve a common purpose among um, business. Um, interests. So our membership, um, we have both corporate memberships, we have, you know, more than 50 of the leading companies within our business community, and then um, thousands of individual members. And yes, they are at different levels. So um, from, from, you know, starting off your career, maybe you just have 
an interest in in the business um, all the way to kind of your first entry level positions, which would be junior and then, you know, mid career when you become an executive or an agent or a manager or a producer or a creative with, you know, a certain level of credits. Um, and then, you know, the top leadership positions, um, you know, every company sort of does titles a little bit differently. And we've seen the more um, technology based companies that are now in our industry, like the streamers, um, particularly have a little bit of a different um, title structure than more of the traditional studios and networks. But generally, like, you know, senior vice president to C-suite is um, sort of our, our HRTS executive level members. But yeah, so um, traditionally, when things really shifted more from radio toward television, um, our core members were really the, the traditional studio and network um, companies and uh, people leading in those companies doing the traditional scripted television, you know, sort of the ABC, CBS, NBC mm-hmm. um, groups. And that has evolved to really encompass all forms of um, television, which we include, you know, streaming within that uh, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, all of the, um, you know, newer uh, streamers that are associated with the big brands within television um, and entertainment, which is something that, I th- you know, I think is worth talking about on, on your show, too, is all these brands within entertainment um, that are going through such transformation as well. Um, but yeah, so, you know, part of what we do is um, try to help our members, um, you know, understand and learn how to uh, navigate the changes in our business, how to lead through them. Um, you know, in the earlier sort of part of your career, a lot of what we do um, helps members learn you know, how to have different types of conversations within the office, you know, um, board work, volunteer board work at the, you know, junior level, mid-career level of your um, of your career is just, you know, fantastic experience for building your network and getting to know people at other companies, um, but also just how to, how to operate and communicate um, in a professional setting. So that's, um, that's one of the things that I think is really wonderful about, you know, membership. Um, but yeah. I want to get back to, I love what you were starting to say about kind of these brands within a brand and and things have really shifted with the impact of streaming. And it's interesting that you joined this organization as CEO, you said about three years ago, right? October 2017. Yeah. Okay. So, the stuff that is like the, I mean, like if I think about all the stuff that has happened just in the last year, I mean, we just had Discovery Plus, you know, I used to work with Discovery and Animal Planet. So, I have a TV background as well, briefly. Um, But, you know, there's, I'll get back to that. But I do want to ask you, um, you know, you mentioned the organization is very event driven. And of course, that, that was, in person, if you pivoted to virtual, can you tell me a little bit about that pivot? And have you noticed a change in terms of the focus of your programming, in terms of the topics that people are really gravitating towards right now, and that are bringing people together? Yeah, so okay, let me take a minute, because there's there's so much that really um, has been, it's, it's, um, sort of galvanized all 
together at the same time in a really special way. Um, and, you know, I guess, you know, first in terms of, of topic and timing and interest. Um, so so the, I'll start with the topic and then I'll, I'll talk about the, the way that we are um, delivering the service. And it kind of syncs up with what the changes are within the business that we serve. Um, but uh, so, you know, I, I started at a time when our board was really having, you know, a lot of conversations around diversity, equity, inclusion. And that was, of course, something that I was super interested in. I had, you know, as part of the mission of the company that I had started was, you know, using my network and knowledge to, um, you know, help promote um you know, equality in, in the in the business that I had covered for a really long time. So when I was um, producing conferences and events um, myself, um, just being very thoughtful about um, how you put those together and, and what voices are incorporated into those conversations. And, you know, one of the, um, the things that we talked about a lot when I was um, going through the hiring process was um, the interest in that and how um, we as an organization at HRTS could be part of that conversation and host that conversation. And, you know, then the, the Weinstein um, stuff broke. Me too, you know, had, um, you know, so much additional momentum, that, that entire movement. And, um, you know, several of our, our board members just were really passionate about establishing different um conversations and 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 talking about um inclusion both you know behind the camera and in front of the camera in in ways that were um really moving the conversation forward and and um because you know for for many years i think it's been you know well understood that this is a, a business imperative as well as you know the right thing to do that this is good for business um but uh, you know, change takes time, and we we've seen, you know, a lot of reckoning um, across our society and across um, our our business, our industry, and you know, so there have been a lot of changes among executive ranks, reorganizations um, that were both reflective of. Um, riding the ship in terms of those bigger picture things, but then also changes in our industry. So, you know, with um, the, the, the move towards streaming and the different habits of uh, consumers and viewers, um, and especially uh, the younger viewers, you know, I, I, um, I've told you a story, you know, we have a 12 year old in our house who is currently binging um, Grey's Anatomy. She did Friends and she, she does not associate those as ABC and NBC shows respectively, you know, right. which those of us who watched them the first time around. So there's a lot of, you know, disruptive factors. Um, so we, you know, really try to host the conversations that are the most, you know, candid and relevant of the moment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when, everything 2020 sort of happened, you know, starting with the pandemic, we shifted in April. Um, the first the first thing that we shifted on the HRTS level was a uh, workshop that we had designed to enhance the experience of those participating in our mentorship program. And we were going to have everybody together, um, I think at a conference room at Netflix. And um, 
you know, had uh, worksheets for mentees to fill out, to bring to their mentors, their first mm-hmm. meeting. And one of our board members was moderating. We had, you know, mentors and mentees pairings that were successful there to talk and we had to do it virtually so our brave board member you know hopped on zoom and helped us try it out and we have been um you know doing dozens you know of of events um in the last year in that format traditionally we we do about 70 70 events in person per year and so we've done, you know, just a very few that we did last year, like in January, February, mm-hmm. beginning of March. Um, but we canceled one in mid-March um, as we saw things kind of evolving um, or postponed, postponed a lot of things and have just reimagined things as as virtual events. And a lot of great stuff has come out of that. Um, I think the candor, the availability of certain speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just hard not to be like, um, yourself when your dog is barking and, you know, the lawn person is going by or whatever is happening, you know, in, in your home, um, baby crying or, or whatever. I, I mean, we, we've had events where, um, you know, yeah, someone's, someone's kid or, or family was you know, walking behind and it's just, um, I could it's great. Our board meetings have been virtual. Those have been super, super, you know, amazing and productive. And and part of our pivot has been, you know, really due to the commitment and um, inspiration of our board that I that I report to. Um, you know, they they jumped on it. You know, they didn't they didn't put their heads in the sand. You know, we got together and talked about okay, well, you know what what do we do? And um, we established a new tentpole um, sort of signature series for for decades. We were known for these um, regular luncheons with hundreds of people, you know, in a, in a hotel ballroom, um, high interest speakers. Um, that was kind of the one place where you would get together and know you would see mm-hmm. um, you needed to see in the business and before technology changed things you know it was you know you would know like well I can I can you know pin them down at the at the luncheon now it's these um, brown bags with the board so we have board members who are you know super um, accomplished and interesting leaders um, that people are very interested among our, our membership to hear and they curate conversations they bring people in and we have um, you know, truly inspired discussions that I think we've all kind of felt like, you know, some of the conversations that we've had are the most um, powerful than we've had in, in many, many years, you know. Um, I think that's, a, you know, it's like another common denominator is I, I have these conversations with On Brand. I recall when I was talking to Brian uh, Wolf from JBL, he talked about the fact that he felt like he was more connected to his global team than ever because of being forced to pivot into these virtual situations. And, you know, as you were talking to about how it, there's like a realness that it brought to pretty much every industry. As we sit here recording this show, I'm in my home, you're, you're in yours. We're not in a fancy studio, but I'm thinking about people like Jimmy Fallon and like, you know, his kids like Zoom bombing him or record bombing him, whatever you call it, while he's talking to John Hamm. And I mean, it's happening to everyday people and the people that we consider celebrities. So it kind of put us all on this even playing ground. Um, 
Uh, and I love what you were saying too about the impact of like this. There, there was already this sort of mm, shift to want to change some of these conversations in light of a current climate to be more reflective of diversity and inclusion. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're seeing that in a lot of the programming that's coming out as well. Um, I do want to talk about that a little bit, this idea of, you know, what what is what is in your world right now? There are brands in your world, in your organization that really didn't exist or existed in a different way. So um, if we think about Netflix and how that brand started, I was talking about that recently in mm -hmm. an episode about behavioral data because they're very good about that and understanding, really listening to their viewers and what they want. And everybody has a platform now. Peacock just launched. Um, mm -hmm. We've got Disney Plus who relies and relied and relies on this platform as a solve during pandemic times. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk to me just a little bit about that and how what like what your point of view is in terms of the lay of the land now and how we view um, where we get our stories from? Sure. Um... Well, it's, it's, you know, it's ever, it's ever changing. And, you know, it, as far as data, it's that that's an interesting thing. Because, you know, right now, you know, we're talking about how just, you know, the human factor, you know, enhances everything. Um, but data is also important. And data has always been, you know, a part of things in the television business, whether it's ratings or, um you know, other, other information, what, whatever they could get. And, and, and certainly, um, you know, over recent years, there's been a lot of um, interest and urgency and, in, and in seeing others data, you know, such as, you know, the streamers, there's been, you know, a lot of conversation with um, TV about, you know, other brands programming that has run on the streamers, such as, as, Netflix and um, things are shifting now that, as you said, you know, Disney Plus, Peacock, HBO Max, which is Warner Media's um, streaming, um, Discovery, AMC Networks has their own. Pretty much, you know, everybody has to be playing in all platforms. And that's that's sort of been the way. Um, you know, I was talking with an executive recently, um, you know, about how things are changing, you know, as far as the business part of things and, um, you know, uh, like, like I was saying, you know, earlier, um, some people who might be, you know, tend to be on the younger side who are watching things on streamers that originated on another brand, um, you know, might not associate them with the original brand. You know, these are, these are things that are, are, you know, on the, on the minds of, of the leaders of all of these brands, you know, how do they exist in this ever changing landscape? And so I think that's partly why, um, you know, you're seeing the um, rollout of, you know, so many other, uh, so many additional streaming services. It does harken a little bit back to um, when, when cable started and, you know, you saw a lot of, um, repeats on cable networks. And I do recall saying to um, the head of one network that did really great ratings with uh, a cable network years ago um, with repeats of, you know, another network's show. Um, but then they had an original of their own. And when I said, you know, what is the brand of this network? And they said, well, it's, it's this show. That's what we're known for. Um, and I think, 
uh, when we talk about brand, we talk about and think about brand in general, but, you know, in entertainment, um, you know, things are associated with, you know, what do you get from them? What are, what do you love about them or, um, which product do you love? So, um, so it's an interesting thing. And I, and I think, you know, one of the, um, sort of financial evolutions is that, you know, some of these companies, um, they're just, they're set up differently, you know, particularly the newer, the streaming companies are set up differently than, um, you'll see the traditional networks and studios and the big companies that own those in a combined way. So there's a lot of reorganization going on. There's a lot of rethinking how shows come together. So um, there are a number of companies that are increasingly um, global in their approach, you know, partnering with other similar um, similar brands, you know, maybe, maybe you'll see, you know, like an AMC and a BBC or, or something like that um, teaming up to, to produce, you know, shows that would be on brand for um, networks in different territories so they can, you know, combine resources and, and creative, creative forces um, to create things that are on brand for them. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it got me thinking though, too, you know, I wonder what your opinion is. I'm, I'm thinking about the, these brands, these streamers or networks that you work with, and they're all telling a lot of different types of story. Yeah. We started talking about how that, like there could be partnerships within the brands in that industry. Do you think there's something for brands outside of entertainment, media, and television to learn from the way that the entertainment industry has been so agile and been able to sort of respond? I, I'm thinking about how, uh, you know, we've all been like watching a lot more, right? Particularly in mm -hmm. quarantine, but we're also we're connecting with the things that we're watching. Do you think that there's something for brands to maybe take a page from that book and incorporate into their own efforts in some way? I do. And I, and I feel like they do. I think we see that a lot, you know, whether it's, you know, watching commercials during the Super Bowl and you see how um, brands interact to the responses and, and the way people respond to things. I think that the responsiveness is is one of the sort of hallmarks of television in particular you know it's a pretty um typically a pretty quick turnaround i mean right now um tv and and film and entertainment is not in production at the level that it typically is because of the pandemic and that is that is certainly changing things and it will certainly change the the storyline and the content and it already has you know we've seen we've seen a lot of a lot of that um you know you see see people on um you know, this is us and they're wearing masks or SVU mm -hmm. or, you know, um, but, you know, I think the, the, the responsiveness and the listening, you know, I, we, we had a conversation or a, an event uh, in September among um, creators and writers behind some of the most, um, uh, you know, popular and powerful shows um, in, in recent months um, that really told some stories that hadn't been told. And the conversation was titled uh, TV Storytellers, A Sense of Responsibility in a Time of Reckoning. And it was one of the most well attended, which made me feel um, really positive about our membership that they were interested, you know, in this conversation. Um, but it was really, really revealing. Um, 
you know, some of the shows represented in that conversation were Watchmen and Lovecraft Country, which are two, two shows that depicted the Tulsa massacre. And, um, and I will admit, you know, I'm somebody who I, I think of myself as, you know, trying to be actively informed and passionate about inclusion and education. And I did not know about the Tulsa massacre until um, I learned about them through these shows. And I think um, the sense of responsibility and the sense of responsiveness that, um, you can see in television is something that, you know, anybody and everything, every company can take a page from. Um, I think, you know, people respond to that. Those have been, those two shows in particular have been, you know, extremely lauded and, 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 um, you know, they, they filled some gaps in some education um, while being incredibly inspiring and entertaining. Um, and that, that is something that, um, really inspires me about, you know, having any involvement in this industry. Um, it's something that I think, um, you know, certainly to the title of the, of the conversation that we had, you know, it, it comes, you know, responsibility, a great amount of responsibility comes with that. Um, because stories, you know, as you said earlier, you know, they're, they're how we understand the world um, and our experience and how we learn, you know, in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we can all agree there's, there's vast opportunity to learn more and better and in different ways. Um, and, and that's not to say like we're, they're, they're getting it right. <laughs> you know, every time I definitely have seen some things that show up on screen and you're like, ah, well, you know, yeah. it's an effort, but that um, <laughs> was a little <laughs> off. Um, but you know, yeah. yeah, I think you see that with brands though, too. I mean, there's probably, you know, you got to do an authenticity pulse check on that because uh, we saw a lot of brands sort of like rush to a lot of situations. They, I would say more reacted versus responded mm -hmm. and it didn't land. Right. And so I think, you know, we see the same things when we look at, um, entertainment and media and television, some things stick and some things don't. And sometimes it's about timing, um, God, there's so much to talk about, but I think a, a great way to kind of bring this all together um, is I'd love to get your thoughts on what you're looking forward to from an ind industry perspective as we move into a new year. Now, your industry has also been, as you mentioned, greatly impacted. You know, shoots were on hold. Things are, you know, sets are, I mean, I was actually in Los Angeles for the month of September working remotely from there and accidentally walked turned the corner with my dog and, and walked into an NCIS shoot. And the PA said, I can't have you anywhere near the set because everyone's been tested. Yeah. So, I mean, wow, what a difference then, you know, when I used to live in New York and I would be so excited every time I saw, you know, SVU filming, which is about every 30 seconds. So, yeah. which I love, you know, I've got a big thing for Mariska, but uh, so uh, anyway, coming back to looking forward to 2021, lots of changes. Things are still changing. We're not past this, right? We're still in the middle of it. The world is changing this is still going on, but what is what's exciting to you about your industry and, and anything related to the stories that might be coming ahead um, and being told? Um, you know, there, there's there's a lot. I mean, I think I'm 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 excited about 
Well, first, first, first I want to go back to it, um, if I can, just a point that you made about reactive versus responsive. And I think mm-hmm. that that is sort of the key thing. I think there's, you know, one of the, the recipes for success is being responsive and being relevant and timely. Um, sometimes when, when we're reactive and we're just doing things because we think we're supposed to, it, it, it becomes pandering and it's, and it's not authentic and it doesn't connect. Um, so, you know, kind of taking that beat and taking that pause, which is something that we try to help provide through our organization for those who are in the business of, of creating entertainment, um, you know, is, it's really important. And I think that's something that, and, you know, any brand, any organization, any leader can really benefit from. And, and we did that as an organization. We really stopped and, and looked at our members and how are we communicating with them and what are they going through and what are they dealing with and how can we be of service? And that's the only way we were going to survive this. You know, it's very easy to say, okay, that, that, that we can't renew that, you know. So um, as a brand ourselves, we had to do that too. We had to make sure we were responsive rather than reactive, that we were true to our to our members, to our constituents, our consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as what I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, the fact that, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, incredible, creative, talented people, you know, working in this industry who are brilliant at helping us make sense of things and, you know, find the, um, the feelings that we can relate to, find the laughter, the release, the escape, as you said. Um, and I think that there's, there's a lot of, you know, creativity and a a lot of, um, I think I've said this before, but, um, I believe it's Warren Buffett who has said this, but it's these, these hardest times are what make us, you know, and, and um, it's, it's so hard right now. So many people are, um, you know, suffering and, um, and in pain and, and, and in crisis and trauma. Um, And so, you know, I do find that, you know, the, the product, so to speak, that the industry that I serve um, provides, um, you know, if, if, if it can provide some, some relief, some comfort, some escape, some information, um, you know, I, I feel good about being, being part of, um, you know, a group that, that can help support that happening. Um, we're not, you know, going to save the world through television, but, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of opportunity um, for us to play, you know, positive roles. And I know there's a whole other conversation to have about, you know, the role of media in society and that, you know, we could have for, for three weeks, but, um, you know, I think um, I'm looking forward to seeing how, you know, many creators are are seeing the world and help, you know, maybe me see things differently and understand and, and learn about things that I didn't know about, like, you know, the Tulsa history mm-hmm. um, I learned about this past year. So um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll hear, you know, some stories that will, um, will help. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think 
That's such a great point. And I think, again, it's one of those things that sort of transcends the industry that you're in and really is something I think a lot of brands can take a, take note of. You know, this is a time where um, you might kind of stretch out of your comfort zone and think things through a little bit of a different lens in terms of um, how you're showing up and, you know, um, what stories that you're telling too. I mean, we've certainly seen a lot of really great creativity come out of times of crisis too. So those are the things that, um, and, and we see too, this is like, the history is happening right now, you know? And so this will be documented and it may not save lives, but it can change lives because it can, you're, you can learn, you can get inspired, you can get informed, you can escape. And all of those things are, you can find a little levity and relief. And I think all those things are really important. Um, you're so right. We could have like a four part conversation about this. And I actually might just hit you up for that. So yeah. we can do a follow up um, on this too. But I, I love what you've said. I love learning about HRTS too and, and your background and how the industry just getting a sense of um, where things are going and how your members and the organization works together um, in a very connective way. So thank you so much, Melissa, for your time and your insights and oh, definitely you. be circling back with you. Thank you so much, Sarah.